Welcome to the Magic Hour at the Forum Club at The Athletic. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, uh, talking to you in the early hours of Saturday morning uh, after the Lakers played their first game following the death of Kobe Bryant uh, last week and uh, in the, you know, the helicopter crash that killed eight other people, including his daughter, Gianna. Um, so obviously, Andy, it's been a, it's been a, uh, an emotional week in Los Angeles. Um, certainly one with the Lakers. Um, it cannot be overstated, Brian, just how much Kobe's death and this just this terrible tragedy has affected Los Angeles. I mean, they're, they're in so many ways. Cause like, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, Kobe, the basketball player and the, the image and like the Lakers fans, but it's, you know, you go down to Newport beach, like all nine people were from like that community is coping in a different way. And the and Calabasas people, community, I was say, for people unfamiliar with where Calabasas is, it is, it's North outside sort of, of North, Northwest of Northwest of, of outside LA. of Los Angeles. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're talking a lot of ground in between, but I mean, it's, it's been difficult this week. To go, you know, ten minutes without seeing somebody in a Kobe jersey. Right. The murals are popping up, and the memorials. You now we we do a lot of work, um, you know, radio work down at at, L, at LA Live across the street from the Staples Center, um, and you know that memorial has been growing. And during the daytime, it's sort of it. it you walk through, and it's it's almost Andy like a museum, like a museum, or a you know you walk through a war memorial or something. It's very quiet during the day. It's been you know. But not a lot. Not a lot of people talking, or if they are talking, it's very in, in low voices. People taking pictures, leaving candles, commemoratives, whatever it might be. And then at nighttime, it becomes this almost like, uh, like a party. celebratory, a party, you know, kind of atmosphere. Respectful. I mean, very, but, oh, but very it, much so. I, but, I, but you know, no, I want to make sure people understand that. But you know, like a, a, there have been Irish, mariachi, mariachi bands. bands. You know, uh, I forget the name of the Banda I, I, um, Imperio, Banda Imperio. Playing just like this mix of cultures and cultural influences and, and all these things that are are really kind of amazing and emblematic of Los Angeles coming together. Like all these things are quite frankly that I, I've sort of vaguely aware of, but never pieced together. Like I I knew, you know, Kobe was really popular with the Latino community. I knew Kobe was had, you know, really popular among, you know, first and second generation immigrant families in Los Angeles, of which there are obviously so many and a variety across ethnic groups. But I didn't, you know how you can kind of be aware of something without really understanding it. Well, That's kind of well, what I mean, it was. From our perspective as somebody who, you know, we've been in Los Angeles, you know, both of us 20 to 30 years, we've been here basically for the entirety of Kobe's career. And we spent a lot of time around him. So after a while, a lot of things just start becoming part of your life. And they you don't necessarily blend, yeah, they blend in. But I, I, actually, it's funny. I, I've been thinking lately about the idea of you know Kobe's relationship with Los Angeles and these tributes and stuff like that, and the way all these different cultures have been you know the the different cultures within LA have been celebrating Kobe and paying tribute to him. It, it really is kind of driven home the fact that Kobe, in a lot of ways, embodied Angelinos or a lot of them, like in the way that like a lot of Angelinos, he's not from here. You know, he, he mm -hmm. came here from somewhere else, you know, specifically for a professional reason, like a lot of us. And he started a mixed race family, like a lot of people yeah. in Los Angeles. He spoke multiple languages. It's, it's a hard, it's, I mean, but like the, the, 
you know, and, and this is not me, but like, you know, this is stories I've read people. I talked to a guy today at the, at the, uh, Staples center tonight at Staples, who is second generation and talked about his parents, um, you know, who, you know, came, you know, came from, from, I believe India, he said, or, um, and, you know, loved Kobe. Like he said, his mom, seems like his mom's been crying all week. You know, she was not a basketball fan. She was a Kobe fan, but like, it was so easy to a appreciate sort of the greatness, the happiness he brought LA and the winning and all these other things, but also like the work ethic and all of these things is so easily distilled. Like it's not hard to understand sort of the, 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 the ethos of Kobe. Um, and one of the things that is constantly underrated about Los Angeles and misunderstood about Los Angeles and people talk about it. It's a Hollywood town. It's a glamor town. It's glitz. That's whatever. A lot of that is embodied in the Lakers and the way people think about the Lakers. And that is not untrue. It is a Hollywood town. It is. But what people don't understand is that Hollywood is a grinded out industry. Like the entertainment industry. Yes, there are famous people and glamorous people up at the top of it. But for 98 point it's, whatever it's like it's it's a microcosm of the entire country in that you've got your one percenters yes and then you have a large gap between them and the way most other people it, live it's a gr people grind in this city it is a very hard working city. it's maybe a little it doesn't feel like it's not angry in the same way that boston is or philly is or whatever and Maybe people work in different things, but man, you know, and then you start you getting into it. You have to often grind it out just, just, to, just, to, just to get there. Just to get to work, which, I mean, look, Kobe for, you know, decade plus took that helicopter, would take helicopter rides. And at the end of the day, that was about beating traffic and wanting yes. to be, and wanting to be able time. to have more time with your family, more efficient time with your work. And again, in a lot of ways, it reminded me of, how he became an Angelino, because that's something that we all face living in the city. Yeah. So, I mean, just these these reminders that we've gotten this week of the different ways that Kobe connected to so many aspects, uh, not just of the sort of the global community, but you know, thinking about Los Angeles specifically. Um, certainly reminded of that on Friday. Um, it was like you walk into the arena and you see the every seat with the 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 shirts that the Lakers had made up. Um, printed on one side, the number eight Bryant jersey on the back, the twenty-four, and like little stuff like that. Like you see the, the normally the Lakers have you know this gigantic slew of retired numbers and Hall of Famers, all of those covered except two spotlit for Kobe. And then you look at the sideline, and every chair in the every seat in the arena is covered with these shirts that they gave except for two um, along the baseline where Kobe and Gianna sat for their final game that they were at at Staples Center. They left those blank and empty and eventually would cover those with, with jerseys, um, Gianna's jersey and, and Kobe's. And flowers, I believe, as well. Yes, and flowers. You know, the, the night was, I mean, the Lakers, I'm, I'm so happy that, everyone had sort of the sense and the space to postpone Tuesday's game. This was supposed to be the second game that the Lakers played, scheduled game, following following the accident. And 
it wasn't. The Lakers, that that game was postponed. And I, I'm, I'm happy not just because I don't see, I, I can't imagine how they could have put a game on on Tuesday. But also, too, how do you put a game on when you know that you need to do so in a way that's going to be a, an appropriate uh, and satisfying tribute to somebody like Kobe Bryant? And given the extra, yeah, I, I'm amazed at what they did in the extra three days. But it was Usher singing Amazing um, Grace. Amazing Grace. Um, they had a cello player playing Hallelujah under a, a beautiful video tribute to Kobe. Boys to Men singing the national anthem. They had video stuff. With the little details. And the Lakers are famously good at this sort of thing. But to pull it together, you know, because there are people, there's your people in the organization had to had to execute this stuff despite what's been going on. Uh, it really was quite an amazing uh, tribute, I thought. Yeah, you know. absolutely. And then before the game started, uh, LeBron addressed the crowd, mm -hmm. and he had a, a little speech on paper in his hand, and then he told the crowd that he wanted to speak from his heart because otherwise it would have been shortchanging everybody in that building. So he just tossed the paper to the side and really spoke beautifully about just what Kobe meant to him um, what Kobe meant to the city, how everybody is mourning this loss together and that everybody has been leaning on each other and, and the beauty that comes from that. But he also talked about just how he's really learned about the love of the Laker fan base mm -hmm. and how he had always heard that it was like being a family and that the last few days that that's really washed over him, just like what it truly means to be a part of this organization. And this is coming, by the way, during a season that you and I have talked about. LeBron had been much more invested this year. Oh, for sure. Much more, you know, I think, connected to the franchise to begin with. But then when you add this tragedy to it and, you know, everything that now comes for LeBron with being the franchise face of the Lakers, I think the magnitude of, of it all has really registered with LeBron and to his credit he has thus far stepped yeah. up just and in I, every possible way you'd ever. And want. I think with Lakers fans, and I, want, I, I, I think I want to spend like a chunk of time talking about that. And so I mean, because like what the, the 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 relationship between LeBron and the Lakers, the the burden that LeBron carries is really, I think, the dominant thing um, and dominant thing for the Lakers going forward. So I want I want to. I want to spend like a, a chunk of time on that, um, you know, as the show goes on. The game itself. Oh, wait, really quick before we get into the game, just wanted to make sure to mention when Lawrence Tanter, oh, this long, is really cool, yeah, longtime PA this. announcer for the Lakers, introduced the starting lineup. It, every single player, all five, were number twenty-four. Or six number eight. Foot, you know, Avery Bradley was the uh came out as eight Kobe. It was really cool. Six foot six, twentieth year out of Lower Marion High School, Kobe Bryant. And I, I thought that was really cool because it was like and it kind of leads to this it's a good seg into this topic because you know the Lakers lost the game 127, 119. It was, as you imagine, kind of a raggedy game at the beginning. Damian Lillard, who just played incredibly good basketball tonight, is just he's kind of been on a tear. Of late, anyway, he went his entire career without a triple double. Got one in in Portland's last game on Wednesday. Almost it was one rebound away from getting one on Friday. Uh, he finished seventeen to thirty for forty eight points and was just 
insane. Seven three pointers. Uh, it's just like and it wasn't like the Lakers weren't trying to defend no. the guy. He was just unconscious. No, he had ten assists against one turnover. That's good. Yes, it's good. I don't, he, I'm not a basketballologist, but that's good. He, he was just incredible. Lillard said after the game, it was it was hard. You know, the, the kind of a raggedy start to the game. It was hard to put yourself back into it after that. You know, it, a it was quite long, um, understandably so. But then you warm up again, and just emotionally, you're not necessarily in the mood to go back and play ball. Um, the, the but this this sort of theme of of everybody kind of being Kobe like I thought in that pregame intro it was like a way to go out there and um like everybody could have that little bit of Kobe in them tonight to go play and it was a really cool thing and it was great to, it was just a cool thing I think for Lakers fans to hear Kobe Bryant introduced one more time throughout the game though Andy and I thought this was fascinating you know there were a lot of MVP chants a lot of Kobe chants and Sometimes it seemed like the team responded really well. Sometimes it seemed like they didn't necessarily or they pressed too much or whatever. And it's hard to necessarily link exactly what's being said in the... In the in these, I was actually talking about this with a, yeah. another writer during the game. If the Lakers had won this game by 25 or lost this game by 25, it would have been very easy to jump to conclusions and narratives mm -hmm. that may very well have had absolutely, absolutely nothing, nothing to do with the game. Th this was the easiest game to read into something. Everything. No, not just something. Everything. Yes. But I think, though, there is sort of this, and Kyle Kuzma kind of alluded to it after the game. Like, you know, he talked about, like, you know, and let me see if I can find the exact quote, um, which I should be able to since I transcribed his interview after the game. Um, he talked about, you know, this this idea kind of, it was, it was sort of brought up, of, you know, like, playing for Kobe. Here we go. Is it, is, is this a reminder? He's asked a question. Is it, are moments like this kind of a reminder of that goal to go out and win a championship? He said, I don't know. That's a tough question. Even before the passing, I think that our goal was to contend for a championship, obviously doing it for him or whatever. And he kind of, you know, I think he kind of like went, started down that path of like, you know, we, we can go out there. We're going to go do it for Kobe. And then he stopped. He's like, and I think one thing we can do every single every single night is just to come out and play with passion and fire. This place where, and I've seen it written in a couple places where, like you know, the Lakers can you know, need to go out and win this for Kobe. They have to win a title for Kobe. Is an enormous burden to put on these players, and one I hope that they, as this process goes along, don't feel like they have to carry. It is wildly unfair. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is always going to be a temptation, I think from fans and from media because of everything Kobe meant to this organization and, and the stature that he had and the power and the shadow that he created over this organization through his excellence and his achievement and his, you know, Just his personality like the, the person, and everything. I mean, like his, his presence was right. huge, but there's always, you know, it's, it's always been a very, it's always been the prism that everything has been judged through for the last 20 something years anyway. But I remember seeing on social media before um, there was the eventual decision to postpone Tuesday's game uh, against the Clippers that the game should go on as scheduled because that's what Kobe would have wanted and that's what Kobe would have done. And putting aside the fact that in all reality, we don't know how Kobe would have handled a 
really comparable tragedy whatever it like is, whatever this, might be whatever that might be we don't truly know what it would have done but the other indisputable truth is and i think this matters all of the play all the people involved whether you're talking about the players the coaches front office rank and file members of the organization genie bus rob palinka etc none of them are kobe mm-hmm. and asking them to be kobe isn't fair yeah i agree with you it's, it just isn't fair it's not and I, I get, I get, I mean, I get the impulse of course. and I get the, like, and I, and nobody means, nobody means, you know, wrong, but it's like, it's, it's people mean it in an inspiring way. Absolutely. But I, th- I think, and I, I thought Frank Vogel talked about this, you know, during, during the week, um, players tonight was after the game was first time any of the players spoke. Um, but Frank Vogel talked about it over the course of the week, like, you know, kind of honoring him by trying to play in a way that would make Kobe proud like that. That's process. Absolutely. That's go out and work. Like, and that's what Kobe was. You know, obviously Kobe cared about results, but like Kobe was dedicated to process. And I think as long as the Lakers can channel it that way and are kind of allowed and able to channel it that way, um, you know, over time you can kind of you can be okay. But man, if they feel like this, they have to go win Kobe's sixth ring. You know, I mean, that's just. That that's well. I mean, that's well, not I think what, what Frank Vogel is talking about also too is something that they have complete control over, mm-hmm. because ultimately them winning a championship, they have control over, but they don't have complete control over. And you know, if they if they play at their highest level, like we're talking about in terms of just execution and focus and effort, all of that, they may end up winning a championship anyway. They might, but either way, they have the control over it. And, and that's the type of goal that they should be setting. I think they are setting. So I, I also just want to quickly point out how great Frank Vogel has been this week. You're right. Because as you said before, he's been the only face of the organization talking. And, and I don't mean that to no, be detrimental towards the other people. It's just he's been the guy. He, you know, he the last two practices. Players have been given the opportunity, shoot, the right. option to speak or not speak, right. and they've and chosen not Frank to. Frank Vogel said the first time he talked that the players were told that they did not have to talk until they felt ready. And even tonight, there were a few players, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, who did not feel ready to speak, mm-hmm. and they were not asked to, and I have no issue with that whatsoever. But Vogel has been, I mean, really all year, but in this week, has been terrific serving in this type of role in terms of just keeping guys together. He also did something during the game that I, I think really speaks to just his ability to read his team and be cognizant of things that matter and and just how to keep a group together. Mm-hmm. About halfway through the second quarter, everybody on the active roster had gotten into yeah, the game. Yeah, and he talked about that before yeah. the game, how every, everybody was going to play. Right. He said before the game, everybody's going to play. And, and he meant literally everybody and quickly. Right. And I think that was great. Yeah. I mean, that was really him... He, he said after the game that it was important to him that with everything everyone's gone through this week and the work that they've putting in, that they felt that togetherness during the game as quickly as you could. And again, I think it just speaks to the job Vogel's done all it, year. It's funny. Generally speaking, you know, Lakers, Lakers could end up with the best, best uh, record in the Western Conference. You know, tonight's loss notwithstanding, they're 36-11. and 11. Uh, Looking at the standings real quick, they are still... Three games now up on God. The teams, the the 
the the shuffle of the teams behind like now it's Denver who are three games behind a couple of days ago Denver was a couple games but like th- these these teams behind them keep kind of circulating um, but they're three games up on Denver three and a half up on the Clippers four and a half now on on Utah Gen- you know they they still could very well finish with the best record in the Western Conference best team uh, you know best team in the Western Conference they, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility they could have the best record in the NBA all that probably will be Milwaukee because they have LeBron and because they have AD I'm not sure how much coach of the year love Frank Vogel was going to get and there's a, a sort of a horrible irony is not the right word but I think people understand what I'm getting at like a horrible like circumstance or whatever that like this could be the thing that suddenly makes Frank Vogel a coach of the year. Like, and it's just, I, ugh, I, I, but you understand what I'm getting at? Like it takes some, it, that it could take something like no, this, I understand, but I understand the way exactly he's handled it. And, and, and he's just, I mean, he's, he's been, been he's been great all year, but he's been tremendous during this. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, a lot of credit to him, but before we go though, let's, let's get back to that LeBron thing. And you, and you wrote about this. Yes. Andy, this week, the, the, place now that LeBron occupies with the franchise and with fans. It's the context of LeBron James in this city. Not just from where he started last year to this year, which is different. Um, but now, the, you know, the, the, the difference between a week ago and today, the context has changed so radically. Um, and it's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I, as I wrote in this piece for The Athletic, like being the franchise face for the Lakers, it's always been a responsibility. It has always been, to a certain degree, if we're being honest, a burden. I mean, I don't the, even think the, you have to, you know, I, I, I just mean, I, I don't think most so. people understand that. I, I don't know. I mean, if they if they don't, I hope they do uh, because they I think should. A, they should. Um, but I think sometimes they think of it as they also should as more of an honor than a burden because it clearly is an mm-hmm. honor, and it's always been that way. But particularly in the post Kobe Bryant era, or even just the attempts to create a post Kobe Bryant era, because Kobe, like we spoke about earlier, has meant so much to this organization and his presence has in a lot of ways hung over the organization. Like this well, was so a, specific. Kobe right. redefined what, how our athletes across sports are supposed yes. to be in this city. It, absolutely. And I mean, and this was something I remember you and I used to talk about this when Kobe was still at the peak of his powers. Like, you know, how are they eventually going to do this? Right. It doesn't go away just because right. Kobe retires. And you know, LeBron, in a lot of ways, was the perfect candidate just for it because he arrived as a made guy, and you know his his legacy is basically bulletproof and in Teflon. Um, but you know he's still you know he, there have been reservations from some fans just because he and Kobe had had this perceived uh, rivalry, and uh, there were also a lot of fans who thought that LeBron had been anointed by the league and the media. LeBron was at far less popular in Los Angeles than he was almost anywhere else across the NBA. But, you know, this year, I think that had started to thaw and and fans were really starting to appreciate. But now, in the wake of Kobe's death, the responsibility and the burden 
and the honor all grow that much bigger for LeBron, but the task at hand, in a lot of ways, it's unfathomable what's being asked of him right now. And I, we saw tonight, we saw, you know, Friday night. There's really no template for this. There's zero template for it. Um, There's really no template across you know, that I can think of. I mean, I can't think of a comparable event in sports. Um, you know, there, you know, Bobby Phils, like there have been players who have died, you know, active players or, you know, tragedies that strike. Or different sports. Different you know, sports. Like a, like a Jose Fernandez. Sure. Like he hadn't been with the Marlins as long as the Right, Lakers and it's just, or, and it's, 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 the whole, it's and just. And that type of success. He wasn't an icon in the right, same way. Exactly. It's like, it's, and I, and I, and I, and I, I am in no way trying to minimize, it's not a competition. No. But. But the, just the reality, right, the reality, the reality of is that replacing in, Kobe yes. Bryant is different than just the sort of the, 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 the tragic loss of, of a talent and then the hole that that leaves in your roster, there is no hole in the Lakers roster. There's a gigantic hole in the Lakers, um, and there's a and there's a, a, a sort of a, a giant tear in this kind of the fabric of of how the organization thinks of itself, and you know the the presence of the presence and the weight of Kobe in life and to Kobe's credit had done a really good job of keeping a light touch. He was, you know, very involved in the franchise. He was there for Jim. He stayed away. You know, he mostly the only reason he ever really would come back now is, you know, was for his daughter to go, go to games and do stuff with her through basketball. But like there were, there were fears that Kobe was going to be overbearing and he wasn't gonna be able to stay away and all these, he, he has understood what his presence does and had sort of stayed away, but Kobe in death, there's so much there, it almost overwhelms that it brings everything right. And so like now, you know, there isn't a person that you could ask to carry this who is better for it than LeBron. Like you just can't find anybody. Yeah, I mean, if if anybody is up for this, you know, forget just among current NBA players. I mean, you could go through the entire history of the NBA in terms of players who might be up for something like this. It's LeBron, not a long list. LeBron is near the top of a very short list. What I do think could potentially be helpful, if nothing else, and this is a weird thing to say because you don't ever think of either one of these entities this way, but the partnership now of LeBron and the Lakers are incredibly sympathetic. And there, I think there are going to be a lot of people, I think, rooting for them in ways that they wouldn't have it's before. A, you're right. I mean, the Lakers and, are rarely rooted for and, beyond I mean, I think Lakers they're, fans. They're be, I was going to say, there are going to be, I think, a lot of people that if their team can't win it all, they would be happy to see LeBron and the Lakers win this year in the wake of Kobe's passing. And, th- and that yeah. maybe can be helpful. I, just, I, I, I would say, like, it's, it's, I think it's too early to start. I mean, the Lakers play Saturday night. They play tonight in uh, Sacramento, and then, you know, a couple more home games next week. Is, it's probably a good thing the All-Star break is coming pretty fast. I, there is zero way to predict what this does. I think in the long term, they'll be okay. I think in the short term, 
it's impossible to quantify what this does. Like I think some people are like, they're going to be inspired and play good. I think they could be pretty pretty discombobulated for a month or so. I don't know. I don't I know. Mean, I, honestly, I don't know. I, LeBron was, I thought, uh, good against Portland. He was not great. I thought he was good. Anthony Davis was outstanding. Outstanding. Um and none of them, no, nobody was better than Lillard. Kyle Kuzma had really Kyle high Kuzma, energy, played yeah. really good, you know, 17 points, energetic bounds. I thought he played well. He was, it's funny, like he was a minus 16, AD was a minus 13. A lot of this is just, they're still, you know, it's not like their regular problems go away. They weren't very good when LeBron didn't play. No, and, and, and that, that doesn't we're change. Gonna, we're going to save some of this for the right. next time we record, but there, there are things that have to be considered now. For the basketball yeah. side of everything, talk about that. that are, we'll see, you know, yeah, that are the very trade deadlines coming right. up. They're uncomfortable, but they still exist. Yes, and so like the basketball part of this is going to continue as you know. You get again, the deadline is next week, correct? Yes, it's uh, the 6th. February sixth. Um, that is this coming Thursday. So, you know, there's there's a lot going on around here, and I have no idea what it's going to be. I don't know how. It's going to look in a week. I don't know how it's going to look in two you weeks. You know what? Neither do they. And I don't think they do either. Um, but it was overall, I thought. Um, it was a wonderful tribute to Kobe. It, was, it really was. Uh, the Lakers, to their credit, pulled something together that was, um, it was well done. It was tastefully done. It was, uh, it struck the, exactly, I thought, the right notes. I also think, too. And, and to do that under these circumstances, the entire organization deserves a, a great deal of credit. I also think, too, that this will be helpful for them, just having this I game agree. done. Just be done. Like, like well, You've played. You played this game. You re-entered however small a bit of normalcy you did. You know, mm -hmm. this is what you do. You show up to Staples Center. You play basketball games. And it did not feel normal. I mean, everyone said after this game, this did not feel like a regular game, but it did feel, I would imagine, more normal than what they had been doing up to this point. So you get a little bit more of that, hopefully, in, in Sacramento. Now, you know, earlier today, I mean, or later today when they go to Sacramento, hopefully you get a little bit more of that and you just, you try to get back what you can. But yeah. I mean, it's not going to feel normal for a while. No, um, no, it's not. And, you know, and it's, it's like, it's a new normal and it's a kind of a, a lesser and a kind of a crappier normal for, for the Lakers and for their fans. I mean, I see, you see Rob Palenka, you know, tonight, um, he looked shell shocked. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, and he, it's, he, as he said in his, his statement, he lost his best friend, best friend and his goddaughter. Yes. Um, he said a piece of his soul has been amputated. I mean, it doesn't get much no. more raw than that. Um, all right, so uh, there's still a lot of basketball to talk about. We'll see what the Lakers do Saturday in Sacramento. Um, and uh, we'll be back, I guess, Monday for our, our regular Monday show. And, um, yeah, hard night, emotional night, uh, an exhausting night. I'm tired. I can't imagine how tired they are. All but it was a well-executed night. And it was. really nice to see. And uh, the final score is sort of in inconsequential. But, again, the Blazers do beat the Lakers 127-119. Not really the point. Um, all right, so we'll be back uh, next week. And uh, thanks for everybody for, for listening to The Magic Hour.